Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy. And once again, we are so grateful to be able to come to you again, as we promised uh, on our other podcast that we would come to you to speak about uh, certain things uh, that are going to be taking place uh, this 4th of July. So we're excited to get back to, uh, to come back to you today. And uh, we pray that uh, God will speak to you. So we want to give all the time that we can to the word of God. As always, it is a pleasure to be here with the panel, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, and to be able to study the word of God together. So Brother Marty, as promised, we're back. <laughs> and uh, we'll yeah. please share what God has placed in your heart and as we study the word of God together. Amen. Brother Jeremy, could you go to uh, Amos chapter 8? Uh, we'll begin with verse 11. I just wanted to say, uh, this is part two. This is our second podcast today. It's July the 3rd. Uh, tomorrow is the 4th of July. So this is really our 4th of July special here, uh, prophetic yeah. look at America. Amen. And and uh, we really felt compelled to come back today. We were going to record this tomorrow morning and then post it out. So whoever's listening to to now this is coming in the same day we really felt compelled by the spirit to just uh, come back and 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 uh, discuss this while the, the the spirit of god is moving and and uh and and so we're just praying that you'll be blessed whenever you're listening to this but we're going to say some things that uh maybe just might be uh what's the right word we we need to put it on 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 record so that when it happens and these things come to pass you'll know that uh the lord was speaking amen so Brother Jeremy, can you begin? We're going to pick up just where we ended part one, which was at Amos chapter 8, verse 11 through 13. Could you start there, brother, please? Yes. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea. And from the north even to the east, they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. Amen. So that's where we left off uh, this morning. We're picking it up right there again. We encourage you to go back and listen to part one because we began to talk about and explore as we're doing these two, this two-part series on what are we seeing in the United States of America? And we went in the, into the history of how God was dealing with Israel and how he, uh, you know, when, whenever there's a nation that claims to be uh, a people of God uh, and, and, and they have a covenant with God, the Lord deals and takes very seriously and deals with that nation very seriously along those lines. And so we went back and began to explore this morning uh, in Amos, as God sent him to the ten tribes that were just a matter of months away from from complete judgment falling upon the land, and we encourage you to go back and listen because we got to chapter eight and and we just uh, couldn't finish, uh, and so we 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 now come back for part two. <clears throat> but as we discussed, uh, the 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 parallels are are striking in chapter eight as God begins to unveil how they would know that they were under judgment and what was taking place. And in, in chapter 8, verse 3, we went over the fact that the first thing God begins to tell him is that that there would be many dead bodies 
in, in the land. And we discussed uh, the parallel that happened to us uh, as the COVID-19 virus began to take hold in the United States. We, in fact, have seen the same kind of judgment come upon the land. We've had over 130,000 people die in a matter of uh, 10 weeks. And we were discussing today how that, uh, you know, that 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 what happened uh, in, in these last 10 weeks, the amount of people that have died and that attributed to this plague is greater uh, than the Vietnam War. The amount of deaths that happened in, in the 60s, uh, you know, we, we lost over 55,000 young men to that war. In Americans and and here we have 130,000 people and counting and rising as we are on the eve of the 4th of July and in in just 10 weeks we have doubled the amount of people that died in in the totality of the 12-year period of the Vietnam War and so verse 3 we began to talk about that because uh, Amos was told of the Lord that the dead would be buried in silence and we were discussing that that's very much what we've been witnessing. We talked about the mass graves that were dug in Central Park to bury uh, the one that we saw. It was over 300 people got buried uh, in, in Central Park in relative silence. The only thing that you heard was was uh, the, the sound of the diesel engines of the bulldozers digging out the land and, and laying the coffins in there. And the people that have been dying in the hospitals, dying in silence. Their, their loved ones aren't allowed to come see them for fear of further infection. All of this has been transpiring uh, since March 19th, really a little over, uh, how long has that been? Let's see, April, May, about, about, over about 12 week period, a little over 12 weeks now, this has been going on. But also we pointed out in verse three, where the Lord says it will be done in silence. He's also referencing the fact that even though this amount of, of obvious judgment has come on the land, uh, that, that the voices of the ministers, the compromised ministry, really have been silent about it. They really don't know how to explain it. There's no open vision from the Lord. And so we talked about those things and encourage you to go back and listen so that you can review what we're talking about. Then we went through verse 4 through 6, which began to talk about economic judgment that would come. And the attitude of the people that even though all this death, all this destruction, all this stuff was going on in Israel, the only thing they could think about was opening up for business. And we began to really talk about how similar the attitude is of the American culture, uh, and wanting to you know, open up these businesses, get back to work. And, and the Lord also revealed that the very elite in the business community were using it as an example in Amos's day to, to shut down the mom and pop businesses of their time. And it's the same thing that we've seen happen here. Uh, we talked about that scripture in verse, let me see here, in verse 4, he says, Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail. So they used it as an occasion to, to open up big businesses and allow them to prosper, but, but they also used the, the judgment on the land to shut down the poor and to make them enslaved and dependent upon the ruling uh, economic class and the religious class of their day. And then we talked about the Lord's conclusions the anger that he he feels about this, the oppression of the people. I'll never forget, he said, uh, your lack of repentance and the obstinance in the face of this judgment that's obviously flowing, uh, that you refuse to turn back to me. And so he talks about the churches being shut, no more worship, no more songs of joy, verse 10. 
and uh, no more light. He talked about the sun going down at noon and that the uh, clear sky would, would feel like it was darkened. He's talking about a general sense of foreboding uh, and sadness and oppression that would come upon the land in the midst of this judgment. And then what Brother Jeremy just read, we, we, we concluded this morning's session with verse uh, 11 through 13, chapter 8, where he says, in the midst of this, he says, the days will come during that time, that bitter time that comes upon the nation, uh, says the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread or of a thirst for water, but of the hearing of the word of the Lord. And, and that's what he was what he was referring to was not necessarily just in, in the sense of no open vision or no word of God being preached. He was referencing the fact that while all this judgment is falling, there would be no answers. That part of the judgment that would come on the land is that when they look to their preachers, or in their case, went to their, their houses of worship, their synagogues, or whatever you want to call them, no one had answers. There was no open word from the Lord. He had shut the, uh, the revelation because of the compromise that was at the heart of, of, the, of the corrupt spiritual leadership of the day, which was, which was incredibly, uh, an incredible chief component over multiple decades and years that brought the nation to the point where God would have to send the prophet and decree to them that their hour had come. And it's a, it's a tragic thing. And we, and we we're really asking the question, uh, what are we seeing actually taking place in this country? What are we witnessing? It's been six months now since 2020, January till the end of June. We've, we've reached the halfway point of the year. And as we go into now tomorrow's celebration, July the 4th, we are a nation that is incredibly divided. We are still suffering lockdown. They, they said we had the highest cases of the pandemic yesterday. Over 50,000 people uh, are now uh, in one day. That was the highest case rate we ever had. Uh, there's still the rioting in the streets. There's still the marches. The, the economy is still teetering. Uh, there, it's, it's not a good time. And America has never been more divided than it is now. And this is only the halfway point. Things are headed at a very accelerating rate as we head into the future here in the balance of this year. We're in, we're in the middle of a presidential election, and there are major, major forces around the world uh, behind the scenes working to, uh, to create such an instability uh, that we have, for all intents and purposes, a reset of the American culture. That's what's going on. And so now we're going, right? So now we're going into part two, and we're going to be looking at some things in part two uh, that uh, are more of a prophetic sign and wonder kind of thing uh, that Jesus spoke about. One of the things as we were looking into this uh, that, that goes on it, it, after we laid the foundation, which we just did of, of verse 11 through 13, there being no open word, then comes the conclusion and what God says uh, to Amos in chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Can you read that, Brother brother Jeremy? Chapter 9, verse 8 and 2, you said? Uh, 1 and 2, please. 1 and 2. Yes, it says, I saw the Lord standing upon the altar, and he said, Smite the lintel of the door, that the post may shake and cut them in the head, all of them. And I will slay the last of them with the sword. He that fleeth of them shall not flee away. And he that escapeth of them 
shall not be delivered. Though they dig into hell, then shall my hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. From there will I bring them down. So after uh, all we talked about this morning, it, it, uh, Amos comes to this statement. He makes an incredible statement there. He, we see the Lord in, in chapter 9, verse 1. Amos says, I saw the Lord standing upon the altar. And and why this is so significant. The altar, which is the brazen altar, was where uh, daily they would offer sacrifice unto God, a type of, of the cross, a type of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. In their case, it was so corrupted by then, it didn't. It really wasn't a pure offering, but nonetheless, he's using very symbolic language here. He sees the Lord himself standing on the altar. And what he was trying to communicate was that the society, the culture of this day has now reached the point where I will no longer allow uh, anyone to come seek me for forgiveness. It's beyond that now. Wow. <laughs> I, he's wow. standing on the altar. He, he's blocking the way of of repentance. Not that they would come and repent anyway, but he's trying to show them symbolically. I will no longer accept your, your, your compromised offerings because that's what they were offering. They thought they could live any, any old way and then come and make an offering to God as if it would be success, uh, acceptable to him. And, and, and also the fact that they had broken off from the main temple in Jerusalem and started their own movement and began their own compromised way of seeking God. This was his way after all those years of grace and putting up with their idolatry and, and their pseudo spirituality. He has the prophet see something powerful and profound. He says, I saw the Lord standing upon the altar. We're asking the question today, halfway through this year, has God reached that point with this nation? I know that makes people nervous or upset. I'm just throwing the question out there because if we're if he hasn't, then he's getting very close to it. And we're going to lay a case out this afternoon. This is our 4th of July special. We're not trying to scare anyone. We're not trying to be over-sensationalized. But we are taking the word of God and applying it to our times. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. They reached the point that they were unreachable. They would only repent halfway or they would only turn to him uh, over the years when he would try and deal with them. Uh, only partway. We talked about when Elijah came here to this particular territory in Israel where Amos is right now in, in this story. He came there and, and he, he, uh, he had a demonstration of the power of God. Because they were serving Baal and they were serving God. And it had gotten so bad that it had corrupted the entirety of the nation. And God sent Elijah. And they had a contest between the prophets of Baal and, the, and, and, and God's singular prophet, Elijah. And he said, let the God that answers by fire be God. And if Baal's God, he told the nation, you go ahead and serve Baal. But if God is God, then serve him. And so that famous story, right, you know, the, the prophets of Baal put their altar together and they did their deal and no fire, no answer. But then Elijah did his altar and he dug a trench and poured great gallons of water in the trench. We ain't got time to get into all that. And he called upon the God of heaven and he answered by fire and the nation repented. 
they fell on their faces and they cried out to God and worshiped him and they killed the prophets of Baal. They had a revival, so it seemed, but it wasn't a heart revival. They didn't turn. And by the time we get to this time in Amos's time, they're worse than they ever were. And so if the fire falling from heaven didn't turn them around, if that kind of a demonstration of the power of God didn't last into the succeeding generations, then what God was telling Amos is we've reached the point now where I can no longer try and reach these people. And so he reveals himself to Amos as standing on the altar, as if to say, I will block their way. I will not accept their sacrifices or their pseudo repentance anymore. This is a tragic place to be, right? <laughs> I mean, think about that. Uh, he's standing on the altar. And then he goes further with a Passover reference, right? He says, and he said, I saw the Lord standing upon the altar. And he said, smite the lintel of the door that the post may shake. He's referencing the blood of the lamb. And here we have, rather than the lintel of the door, which is what they did in Exodus, remember? They, they hit the lintel of the door with the blood of the lamb, which was the grace of God, so that when the destroyer would go through the, the Egypt that night, those who had the blood applied to the doorpost, um, you know, they were safe inside behind the blood. He said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. So it's very descriptive what he's saying here. He's saying, uh, I'm going to stand on the altar. And then he says, smite the lintel of the door. He's using Passover language. Only the, smite, the smiting of the door has no blood on it. He's speaking very descriptively. The smiting without the blood. He's literally proclaiming judgment the way God talks, right? You know, very symbolically. He says, I'm going to block the way to the altar, and I want you to hit the door. But there is no blood. There is no forgiveness. Your day of, of judgment has come. And he says, so that the posts may shake. This is always symbolic of God's anger and judgment. If you remember in Isaiah chapter 6, when the right. prophet said, in the, right, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. I saw the angels flying before the Lord, crying, holy, holy, holy. And then he says, and what? The doorpost shook, and the, and, and, the, and the smoke of God or the glory of God filled the temple. It was his wrath, his anger that was being revealed. And so that's the kind of language that he's having Amos use as they've reached this point as a culture, as a society. He says, I will stand on the altar. I will not allow their offerings anymore. And symbolically, I want you to hit the door, hit the, hit the top part of the door, because there's only judgment that's left for these people. And then he addresses the head. He says, I will cut them in the head, all of them. What is he talking about? He's talking about the government system. He's talking about his anger and his judgment about to be poured out on the leadership at the highest level. He's referencing Jeroboam II. He's referencing the false prophet Amaziah, the national uh, minister of his time, and the corrupt establishment. He says, this judgment's coming down on them and because of them. And where they're headed, he says, is to an absolute place of devastation. Brothers and sisters, I'm praying with all my heart, as I know that you are, brothers, 
that God will will leave a, will leave us a, a moment of blessing and respite here. That the nation itself right. would turn back to Him. Would you like to share a little bit about that in your own hearts? How do you feel about that? Absolutely. Um, I was having a discussion earlier with a, a particular brother concerning this, and uh, you know, it, my my heart's desire is is for a turnaround. I mean, it's natural, right, to to feel that. Uh, yes. Again, it, it's a nation that that we belong to, the very nation that we're seeing completely fall apart at the seams. And, and I'm reminded of of the prophet Jeremiah, who who saw his very nation systematically judged by God, and 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 he's seen this. So it, it's not something that you know that <laughs> we enjoy talking about. No. And it's something that and this is something right. that people have to understand. The true minister of God, when called upon for this kind of message to a nation, he is reluctant in doing so. Yes. We yes. live in a day and age where preachers they covet pulpits. I mean they're waiting yeah, right. for the opportunity to go and, 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 and be in the spotlight. The true man of God is reluctant to go and, and, and and, and preach this kind of message and declare this kind of message. So, yes, this is what the Lord is saying. It's very graphic, very uh, completely, um, it doesn't line up with people's end-time theology or, or, or theology concerning how, uh, how God is going to bless this nation. Because there's many people saying that. You know, I've heard a preacher say that, hey, if you pray to the Lord, the Lord will you know, we'll push this thing back and he's going to give you double blessing. My goodness. Um, and I'm like, no, that's, that's not what the Lord is saying. It's not what he told his people, you know, uh, through the prophet yeah. Jeremiah. He, he also said this to the prophet Jeremiah. He said, when you, when I brought you out of Egypt, you know, hmm. I, I didn't require any sacrifices. I didn't require any of that. I didn't require that from you. I didn't right. ask for you to do that until later on. He says, when I brought you out of Egypt, I asked for one thing, that you will obey my voice. He says, yeah. and I will be your God, and you will be my people. So it's, it's, it's amazing that he's making a reference here to Passover. Yes. In other words, you know, where, where, where the, he's going to smite the, the, the doorpost with the lintel, and, and, but no blood is applied here. That's right. Well, think about that. It's basically saying, look, you've completely forgotten where I took you out from. You're at a place yes. where the, 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 the mercy of God, the grace of God can't even reach you. Even if I try to reach out to you, you've already hardened your hearts. That's incredible. Wow. And, and, and you're right, what he, what he referenced about Passover, because that's what we're talking about, a nation that has a covenant with God. God paid right. for his people that night in Egypt with the blood of the lamb. God paid that night with the blood of the lamb. He was prophesying of the precious blood of Jesus Christ that would be shed as the lamb of God, as the Baptist that identified the Lord Jesus, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And, and, and he has a covenant with this country, the United States of America. For those of you who, who want to go back and look at it, go back and look and study your history. Read the prayers that were prayed by by the leaders of this nation, uh, particularly George Washington, who called upon God to bless the country. 
We've read some uh, statements from Benjamin Franklin at the Continental Congress who said, we have searched, uh, and I'm just going to paraphrase here, but basically what he said, we have searched the, the historical records of every great empire that has ever come and gone in the history of man. And he says, uh, he says, but they all fell away. They all ended up on the ash heap of history. And he said, we asked divine providence to bless us in our efforts in the birthing of this nation. And he said, I right. fear that if, that if we go forward, he said, uh, without asking that same divine providence to bless us now, then they that build the house build it in vain. And so he said, let us call upon him for his direction and let us ask for his blessing. And that they did. They prayed and they asked God. And the result of it was the Constitution of the United States of America. They cut a covenant with God. George Washington was a reluctant uh, general. They, they made him the president of the United States. He didn't even want to do that. He, didn't, he, he, did, he feared being seen as a, as a dictator or or, or a king like, like, like King George, who they'd just been liberated from in the American Revolution, right? I mean, they, they broke away uh, from England, but he, he reluctantly took that position. And when he was sworn in, in the original capital of the United States of America, which was New York City, Manhattan, at right. the federal building, after he laid his hand on the Bible and he, 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 he led the Congress and the senators of that day down the street to the little Trinity Church, which, by the way, was on ground zero, right? As we learned in Brother Rabbi Khan's excellent book, The Harbinger, that he brought the Congress there and they lifted their hands to heaven and swore to God and asked God uh, to bless the nation. But in that prayer, in the asking of God to bless the nation, America entered into a covenant with God. And you would have to be blind. You would have to be just a really dumb person not to recognize that this country has been right. the greatest, most blessed, prospered land flowing with milk and honey of any nation, not just now, but in the history of humanity, right? Right, right. <laughs> I remember uh, the days of, of Jeremiah would say something similar to what you're saying right now, Brother Marty. When the prophet Jeremiah reminds the people, uh, speaking for the Lord, I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and My the goodness. goodness thereof. But when you entered, what happened? You ended up defiled. You defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. And that's exactly that what, what we have done here in America. A plentiful land, our forefathers who... Who 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 um who who started with a foundation on biblical principles and look at what we're at over two hundred and something years later. Look at where mm -hmm. we're at as a nation. We have defiled the land, and and the Lord is asking, where are the priests? Where is the Lord? Where are yeah. those that handle the law that knew me not? The pastors also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal. Something that you know you you dealt with actually, Brother Marty. Uh, a few weeks ago in your podcast with these very verses. And yeah. I think it's a picture of what we have done here in our nation, in America. And very much so. And and, what, and like Brother Fernando was talking about the other day, 
you know, what makes America unique and what makes this country unique is that it is it is it is an amalgamation of every tribe, every language, every nation, every immigrant. It's a, it's a nation of immigrants. It's it's e pluribus unum, right? Out of the many one. That was the declaration on our money. Yeah. I mean, they came from all over the world. And and it was originally founded by people that crossed the ocean in order to come and worship God freely. On Virginia Beach in 1642 or something like 92, I think it was, when they when they crossed the sea, when they hit Virginia Beach, they took a cross out and they planted it on the sand in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and proclaimed this land, the new land, the holy land. And they dedicated it to God, and 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 the nation would be born about a hundred years later, at the Continental Congress, and it was dedicated and sworn to God, a land flowing with milk and honey, and, and many of the of the pilgrims that came, and many of the first uh, settlers that came to the land, they believed that God had actually given them a new Israel, <laughs> a new, yeah, you know, a new promised land, right? That's what they. That's, that was what they believed. And God indeed blessed them. You know, this revisionist history that we see uh, permeating the, the higher institutions of learning, which have so corrupted our children in a matter of 40 years, to where they're now burning down our statues and rioting in our streets. And we look at that and we say, oh, my God, that's just a horrible thing. These people are horrible. No, you're looking and I'm looking at ourselves. Mm. That's what that's what we've done. That's what we did. The church yeah. abrogated its moral authority. The preachers became compromised money grubbers. Nothing was sacred anymore. Inch by inch, we we let go territory. Beginning in, way back in the sixties, when when the Supreme Court voted to remove prayer out of the school because of one godless old woman named Madeline Murray O'Hare, the head of the atheist. Uh, uh, union in the United States, the entirety of the country uh, gave in to a Supreme Court uh, judgment that removed prayer from our schools. I'm young enough to remember, I know you guys aren't, but I used to go to school, public school, and we would open every morning with the Lord's Prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. Can you imagine that today? We would, They would burn down the school. I'm still, I'm still uh, you know, young enough to remember the Pledge of Allegiance in school. At you least, know, right? Yeah, yeah. But what did they do? They passed laws to try and remove that one phrase, right? One nation under God. They don't want the children saying that. They yeah. they are attacking the very foundations of this nation. And I don't blame the world for being the world because they'll always do that. That's what the devil is. But the devil cannot mm -hmm. take territory uh, from from a watchman or from a nation right. that is watching, <laughs> right? Right. That's what, it's a, that's it's what a Jesus. Spirit. Yeah. It's a spirit, brother. It's 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 the the spirit of the age. You know, uh, we spoke about this off off uh, off the air. You know, where, where Jeremiah uh, uh, speaks about how when the Babylonians come, it says that the Babylonians went into the very graves of the kings and priests and prophets and princes of Israel and dug them out. And laid their their carcasses, their bones before the the sun and the moon, the gods that they worshipped. 
My Lord. And, and think about that for a moment. It's the very same thing we're seeing here. We're seeing a young generation that is controlled by the spirit of the age, which yeah. which is a global, universal spirit that that is is going to usher in, you know, this this the spirit that that we're seeing flow through our young people, and ultimately is, is going to culminate with the man of sin, the Antichrist. But yeah. what what, are, what what is our young people doing? They're they're not regarding the living nor the dead. They're, yeah. they're going into our they're going to our statues. They went to a George Washington statue and 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 painted it up, just completely you know disrespected the statue. But but what are they saying here? That they j- just like the Babylonians did, they, they want to remove any any connection to 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 our past. To 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 godliness or, or you know our our forefathers weren't perfect. They weren't perfect, but but it, it does say in, in in our documents that we are endowed by our Creator with certain yeah. unalienable rights. It says it there, and they and they want to remove that by any means necessary, and that's why God is speaking through Amos and saying, "Look, I mean, what, you put me in a position where what else is there left to do?" Like he said through the prophet Isaiah, should I stricken you anymore? There's no point. I can send yes. plagues. I can send economical uh, chaos, devastation. I can I can send this or the other. What's the point? You know, because <laughs> yes, and none of it works, right? That that's why none of that's it. why he get, he gets to that point where he's where where he shows them lays out their whole sin right in chapter eight like we went over this morning and we encourage you again listen to part one Amos revisited we dealt with that we started talking about it because God gave a systematic indictment of what had come on the nation and why and what their response was to it and why when when we see the response to it that he he now comes to chapter nine and says I'm standing on this altar and there's no blood there's no blood for you. <laughs> wow. That's so scary. I mean, that's just yeah. scary, right? And he address. See, we can't wrap our heads around that because we 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 think about the grace of God is is forever. No, the Bible says that that uh, that the goodness and the mercy of the Lord endures forever, but His grace yeah. has an end. His grace has an end. And 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 remember that 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 grace will end when he pours out his wrath. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. We are not trying to put a heavy trip on you. I don't want to mess up your hot dogs tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> right. Amen. But you'll have to admit this don't feel like any Fourth of July I can remember, uh, brother, since I was a little boy. You're right. I mean, think about it. You know, this is 4th of July, the birth of our nation, when we're the freest and, and we celebrate that. And they're, we're on lockdown, man. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's it's yes. just like, really? So this is what our nation has come down to? Why? And this is what we're trying to give an explanation uh, to during this 4th of July, for us to make the comparison. This this happened so quickly, you know. At, yes. the, at the turn of, at the turn of the year, going into this year, it's when all this happened. We were enjoying stuff. We were going to Disneyland. We we're going to theme parks. People were going to the movies, <laughs> grilling, yeah. and you know, I'm, watching sports and you name yeah. it, going to church. And and yeah. all of a sudden, it's like 
wait a minute. You know, we, we have to reflect, especially, uh, and, and there's a reason why we came to the people with this special 4th of July podcast, because we want them to reflect, yeah. you know, w- what kind of nation we've been, what has, with the freedoms that have been given to us by God, and where we are this year, and where we're potentially headed if we don't repent. And, and that's a critical that's, time. Such a critical Yeah, and that's, that's my biggest yeah. fear. You know, Brother Jeremy, you going to say something? Yeah, no, I, I want to just share what's in my heart and what I sense, too, with, with, with what's going on. In these last few months, I do believe that there's people that find themselves right now in the middle. They they find themselves in hearing what the, they're saying on TV and then hearing and seeing what God is doing now. They They know something is happening. Something is not right. And they find themselves in that valley of decision trying to choose, you know, what to believe, what's, what's going on. And, and the Holy Spirit is tugging at their heart. Even on this 4th of July, the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart to really reflect and, and, and at the very least examine, consider the things that, that God is saying in this hour to you. And that's what I sense in my heart, that many people are find themselves right now in, you know, in that hard place. You know, they're saying this, this is what I'm hearing, but this is what's going on. How do I marry this? How, how do I come? You know, it's the Holy Spirit dealing with hearts today. That's what I said. No, that's powerful, brother. And, okay, well, let's, let's dig a little deeper here, America, because what we're going to look at here is is in Psalm 74. I want to take you there and we're going to look at some things and we're going to ask ourselves are we are we seeing this in our land like Israel saw it in their land? Turn over to Psalm 74. Would you brother Jeremy? Yes. I'm this, there. This is a prophecy in the Psalms that was written by Asaph the choir director. Mm. And he was and what he saw was the destruction of his nation that would take place in 70 AD. He was carried in the spirit, and he began to write th- this this psalm. Read to us, first of all, verse 1 and 3. And, and, and as Brother Jeremy's reading this, we're going to discuss this, and I want you who are listening to ask yourself, are we seeing any of this in our nation right now? Go ahead, Brother. Yes, it's 1 through 3 or just verse 1 and 3? 1 through 3. 74, 1 okay. through 3. Oh God, why hast thou cast us off forever? What, why does thy anger smoke against the sheep of thy pasture? Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thy inheritance, which thou hast redeemed. This Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt, lift up thy feet, unto the perpetual desolations, even all that the enemy hath done wickedly in the sanctuary. All right, listen to this. What he's talking about here is the invasion that would take place by the Roman army into the very church house itself. But he, he starts out by lamenting the people. He says, why have you cast us off forever? What's happened here? The blessing has been lifted. Why is your anger so great? He's seeing in the future. He saw the destruction, the second destruction of the temple in AD 70. And then he says some very interesting language. 
He says, remember your congregation, which you purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance. He's using descriptive language there saying that this nation was once a great nation and you brought it into being. You redeemed it. You made it happen. And he calls that nation Israel of their time, and we're saying we're applying this to this covenant nation as well. We were the rod of his inheritance. What does that mean? The rod of his inheritance is when a righteous nation exacts judgment and truth across the land. Israel at one time was executing judgment upon the heathen and, and ungodly around them under the great King David and under the great leaders like Josiah and and Jehoshaphat and the other kings that, that, that existed in, in Judah. And he says, we, at one time, we were that righteous nation. We were the rod, your corrective nation uh, of inheritance. That's what he's talking about. And it made me think about the United States. At one time, we were that, that, that bright and shining nation. We, brought, we sent our soldiers over there uh, uh, to France and invaded uh, Normandy when there was a, a crazy antichrist by the name of Adolf Hitler threatening to plunge the entire world into demonic oppression, burning right. 6 million Jews in the, in the ovens of Buchenwald and, and Auschwitz. And it, we were that holy nation that came. And, and along with the British and others, you know, Western Christianity came. But the United right. States in particular, right, came. And our soldiers gave their lives and bled that greatest generation, that godly generation that yeah. went and dealt with that devil and brought him down and brought freedom to Europe and liberated an entire continent. We were the rod of his correction. We were that righteous nation. That's what Asaph was seeing and what he was lamenting. And and then he, he makes that, that statement, this is the nation which you redeemed. In other words, they were bought and purchased by the blood of the Lamb. He's referencing the Passover. They became a nation by the blood of the Lamb that was applied to the doorpost of their house. America became a nation because they cried out to the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're a redeemed nation. We're a Judeo-Christian nation. That's who we were. And that's what he begins to, to lament when he says, that nation, this Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt past tense yeah. past tense he begins to unfold what happened god removed his presence because of how they began to live and act and this began to happen to them he he realizes that god could not abide the compromise he's seeing prophetically in the future and he says lift up your feet unto perpetual desolation in other words he's saying don't stand in the midst of this congregation anymore lord It'll be per perpetually desolate because of their behavior. The enemy has come, and he's done wickedly in your sanctuary. Brothers and sisters, whether you realize it or not, the, the, <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ and her once glorious and righteous churches from sea to shining sea have been infiltrated by a spirit of compromise, idolatry, right. and, and, yeah. and horribleness that has brought the nation to where it is. And so he tells his God, you take your feet from here permanently, this kind of spirituality, this kind of thing that's evolved. Now, what does he begin to reveal? Brother Jeremy, would you read to us? Uh, let's see. Uh, it, 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 go ahead and read uh, verse 4, 5, and 6. 
Thine enemies roar in the midst of thy congregations. They set up their ensigns for signs. A man was famous according as he had lifted up axes upon the thick trees. But now they break down the carved work thereof at once with axes and hammers. He begins to show what began to invade the nation when the judgment began to fall. He says they've come all up in the congregations now, and they are setting up their signs outside the church house. That's what he's saying. Does that sound familiar to you? Mm. <laughs> They're setting, <Yeah. laughs> right? And, and then what does he say? We used to be famous for the strength that we had in our men, and our axes were used to fell great trees. He's talking about the, the building and the industrial uh, aspect of the nation that it once had. He says, we used to be famous for being industrious and, and builders. We were blessed of you. He says, but now what's happening, mm -hmm. he says, is the enemy has come and broke down all our beautiful artwork and, and all the beauty of the blessing you've given our shrines, our altars, our, our, our statues, wow. if you will. Wow. They've broken it down with axes and hammers. Have you guys been watching the news? <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds familiar. Wow. Sounds very familiar. And then he says, you know, that's what's been happening to us, and that's what we're asking here. What's going on, America? Are we seeing, are we really seeing what's happening? Or, we do, or do we just go from one event to the next with no cohesion, with no discernment, with no true vision? from the spirit flowing. That's what we, what Amos said. There's going to be a famine for the hearing of the word. People are confused. They don't even know what they're seeing. And because right. there's no open word, right? The preachers have nothing. There's nothing they're giving to the people. I've seen big time preachers, instead of bringing uh, understanding to what's actually happening, they're marching with the Black Lives Matter Antifa infiltrated crowd. So that they can, you know, be in solidarity with it. Are you crazy? They're burning down mm -hmm. our churches. Yes. They're, they're putting their signs out in front of God's uh, meeting places, proclaiming their abortion rights and their and and their crazy perverted lifestyle rights. That's their signs. That's what they're showing us. And like right. Brother Jeremy said, they're going to our to our monuments and and and, and everything that 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 speaks of our past. Both good and bad, but still, George Washington, yeah. really? Abraham Lincoln? They took Abraham Lincoln out in Boston, the birthplace of our country. Boston wow. is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They went and, Brothers. They went, yeah, go ahead. Wait, let me say this. They went yes. and spray-painted Plymouth Rock. Wow. A few days ago, wow. they just went and defaced it. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. Isn't it amazing, my brothers, that just a few years ago, we saw the same thing happening with ISIS when they were destroying monuments and historical things, and we stood in amazement, and just a few years later, look what's happening, and the, our, you know, we saw that, and we said, man, that is atrocious what they're doing, and now we are doing the very same thing here in our country. You guys know what I'm talking about? Remember when ISIS Absolutely. was going they out? Called it a, they called it a purge, a historical yes. purge wow. over there. You know, that wow. this ungodly 
uh, organization was doing in, in, in the Middle East of, 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 of things that connect the Arab people back to their past. Yeah. Well, but, it, uh, but to see it in our own country, never. Never in a million right. years, right? Just a few years after, right? Yeah. Right. And this is, and Asaph is describing what happened to them. Judgment, judgment came to them, and and that's what we're saying, brother Jeremy. That's a powerful thing you said there because it's the same devil. It's come to yeah, our shores. Exactly. Wow. Right. Same spirit. Yes. Same devil. And what did that devil yes. want to do? Cut off heads. And what did that devil do? Persecute the Christians throughout the Middle East. That's, that's what wow. that devil yeah. did. And that's where they've come to rest in the hearts of the rebellious that are roving our streets now, unchecked, unchecked. Let them do what they're going to. They took over a six block in the uh, uh, of the downtown area of Seattle. They invaded the police department and nobody did a thing. And it wasn't until they went over to the mayor's house and started protesting her. They finally sent the police in because she got afraid. She called it the summer of love until it turned up on her front door. My God. <laughs> yeah. Same devil doing the same thing. Now read verse 7 and 8, would you, Brother Jeremy? Tell me this doesn't sound like what's going on in our country. Yes, it says, They have cast fire into thy sanctuary. They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. They said in their hearts, Let us destroy them together. They have burned up all the synagogues of God in the land. President Sisters, I don't know if you remember, just a few weeks ago, they went to the oldest church in Washington, D.C., St. John's Church, and they lit it on fire. Yeah. They cast fire into the sanctuary. They, they have been, they burned down churches. They've been defacing churches. They've been tearing down statues of, of, uh, that, that represent uh, Christianity. They've said in their hearts, let us destroy them together. Before we began this podcast, you know what, President Trump, and I'm not I'm not a President Trump supporter or, or I'm I'm not against him or for him, man. I'm just pointing this out. He he tweeted just before we started this broadcast to Dr. Taylor Marshall, who's a very high up person in the Catholic Church, who was instrumental in being one of the one of the people that released that recent uh letter that was written to him from Cardinal Vigano, and he tweeted today, just a few hours ago, he said, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Taylor, he said, and this is all he said, he says, there is a blatant, flat-out war against Christianity blazing in this country. What a crazy thing to say from the President of the United States. It's prophetic. <laughs> right. Never in the history of our country that I can remember, and I, I did a quick you know, perusal and, and listening to what they were saying about it. Has any president ever said such a thing? Incredible. But he just tweeted that about an hour ago. And if you have eyes to see, it should shock you because it is God yes. trying to, the preachers aren't saying it. <laughs> I mean, right. they're not telling us anything. They tell us to go, you you turn on Trinity Broadcasting Network and they're they're doing whole shows and hours and hours uh, in, in solidarity with this whole racial movement thing we got going on right now. That's what the preachers are doing. They're doing it because okay. they're afraid they're going to lose their congregations and their support. That's mm -hmm. why they're doing it. 
this, this ain't because they're just so sympathetic. Where have they been the last 40 years? Why just now? Did, did, wow. Is George Floyd the first black man to be slain in our streets by corrupt police officers? No. Right. They're afraid. But rather than standing up and proclaiming America, you've come up under some serious stuff. No, mm-hmm. they have nothing. There's a famine for the hearing of the word of God. So God has to move on some some uh, real estate developer who's been married three times and, and is famous for his casinos and golf courses to tell the American people Christianity is under attack in America. God, help us, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Uh, so what is he? Uh, he he said he says they've they, they've defiled your sanctuaries. They're burning down your house, God. And they're saying, let us destroy, let us destroy the synagogues of God from the land. That's what they said. Let us remove God from the land. That's what they're saying right now. Oh God, help me! I don't want to start preaching loud and screaming and all that. So, but here's the most trap. <laughs> Here's the most tragic of things, Brother Jeremy, would you read verse 9? Yes. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet. Neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. Somebody say something. We see not our signs. See, Asaph was carried in the spirit, you know, a few hundred years where he would see the burning of the temple, the destruction of his nation. And he's overcome by the powerful spirit of the Lord. And he says, my God, all this is happening and we don't see our signs. We don't recognize it. You can talk to nine out of ten Christians right now and they have no clue what's going on. And I don't blame the people. There's precious saints of God who love God, and they're hearing from God. They know. They know what's happening. But the indictment is there is no prophet in the land. Hmm. And, and, And as a result, they cannot discern what's going on. Now, these false prophets in America, man, They've led the yeah. church into this position, man. <laughs> they see nothing. They know nothing. Again, I don't mean to harp on that poor little boy over there in Houston, but my God, I saw him on Sunday, last Sunday, you know, in his empty 20,000-seat arena preaching, you know, God wants to bless you. That's all he could say. No relevant message, no insight, and the message just drops to the ground like all the other faults and fake and and compromised ministers that abrogated their position of of prophethood, which kept our nation great, but they brought it to this point. And the streets are burning, the children are out of control, the churches are closed, the economy is teetering on the brink. The nation is divided like it's never been before, rioting in the street, throwing a little bit of a pandemic which has shut down the whole world and you don't get what's going on. You can't see or understand what's happening. Asaph said, we don't see our signs. There's no, there's no more prophet. And neither is there any among us that knows how long, when is this going to end is what he's saying. Nobody knows. 
We don't know. Why? Because there's no prophetic voice. I know that God has his people out there. Many of them uh, are, are, are connecting. God is drawing us together. God's stirring people. God might be stirring you. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard something like this. But we're really giving you from our heart what, what we believe God is saying. Now, this brings us to tomorrow. As we enter into the 4th of July. There's even more signs, because basically we've been talking about what's been happening the last six months. We've reached the half yeah. point of the year, right? That's everything right. we're talking right. about. My goodness. You just said it so perfectly earlier, right? You know, we're, they're watching football, Super Bowl, you know, all this stuff, man. I mean, movies huh. and the mall and, you know, that will go to church on Sunday. My goodness. It all changed yeah. in the moment. In a moment. Wow. In a moment. And so that's just the first six months. So that's the question we're asking as we come to the celebration of our nation's independence. America, do you really know who you are anymore? Have you forgotten this precious, fragile gift that was handed to us as a gift from God from generation to generation? Perfect no. And every time oh. we messed up in the past, God dealt with us. When we went into the sin of slavery, an entire civil war broke out. The nation was on the brink. Judgment came to the nation because of the cruelty of man's inhumanity to man. But there were 600,000 people who bled and died on the fields of, of Gettysburg and the battles of the Potomac. And we could go down Harrisburg and the, the, the burning of Atlanta and all those stories that we learned as children. Blood was shed so that the slaves could be freed. America brother, wasn't perfect. Brother, brother fought against brother. Yes. So don't tell me that people haven't paid a price for the freedom that we enjoy. Right. But judgment came to this nation because of it. Every time America has strayed from God, judgment has come. God has tried to correct her. And she emerged from World War II as a bright and shining hope for humanity, as, as, as the globe breathed a collective sigh of, 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 of clean air for the first time as we emerged victorious from World War II and became the greatest industrial, spiritual, historical, economical, political, judicial, educational power on the planet that anyone has ever seen in the, in the history of the world. God blessed us. But in a matter of of a few, I mean, what has it been? Sixty years? I mean, right? It's only been like eighty years. It's been oh, eighty it's been years. Seventy years. Seventy years. Seventy. Years. 70. Wow. Wow. Close to and what is generation. Happened? Yeah, and think about that. We came out of World War II, and then just out of the fifties into the sixties, everything changed. It was a short-lived moment. As the forces of darkness began to, to systematically deconstruct the nation. Into the 60s, we, we, we reached a rebellious generation. The enemies the church, of the free... The church, yeah. the, church lost, the church lost its moral integrity. As, as preachers began to be caught in scandals and, you know, and, 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 and all kinds of money schemes that they were pulling and so forth and so on. That's where it began, you know, yes, that sir. started behind the pulpits. And when, I mean, and the, when the, we the, lost... The ministries, ministries grew to, to 
I mean, to to levels never seen before. You know, yes, incredible. Well, Jeremy, you're saying? Yeah, when we lost our moral integrity, we lost our moral authority. Right. Good. That's very good. Well, yeah, and to what it's evolved in today. I mean, <laughs> you go back and read some of the writings of Ravenhill, Tozer, some of the great men of the of the 60s, 70s. Uh, what they what they classified as being Sodom and Gomorrah like, it seems like a, a day at Disneyland now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's true, brother. Seriously. Yes. You know, my God, they went to see John Wayne at the theaters. You know, you're going to hell. I mean, that, that was just the worst. <laughs> Right. Oh my goodness, what they would do now. I thank God he took yeah. them men off the face of the earth. They would have heart attacks if they could see what they, what we, what we're living up under now. Are you kidding me? Right. So now here we are, 4th of July, but there's more signs, and they're appearing now. Brother Jeremy, would you go over to Luke 21 real quick as we close this out? Yes, yes. Let me know when you're there. <laughs> I'm there. All right, Luke 21, would you read us uh, verse 25 through 27? 25 to 27. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Praise the Lord. That is our hope, our promise. That is that is what we're we're looking for. America quite conceivably has reached that point, and unless God, unless God does something in the hearts by his sovereign act of his grace and we truly truly cry out to him and turn from our wicked ways that's what he's not talking about the world now we're talking about the church this christian church within america unless he does a miracle we quite conceivably have reached that point where ladies and gentlemen we need to buckle our seatbelts, draw your children close shutter the windows and bring the dog inside <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy out there right but but look jesus i'm just trying to like lighten the mood here right because this is heavy stuff man so listen verse 25 right it is you know and, and and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars you know the lord told us to pay attention to the signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and and now we're going to really just beat down on this country and see what god has been speaking to us over the years and bringing us to this very on the eve of another sign tomorrow listen you know on the earth he says there'll be distress of nations we we're seeing that right now i mean the whole world is reeling to and fro if you don't see distress of nations around you you ain't been paying attention the whole world's going crazy jesus said it'd be a sign but Jesus drew our attention to observe signs, uh, you know, in the heavens. And, and, and concerning America's signs, it's very interesting what we've seen. And, and, and I just want to talk about a few signs yeah, that we've seen over the years now. And I think that, you know, they began long ago, actually at the turn of the century, uh, the 20th century. It started then, but 
there was one thing that God began to remind me of today, the signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And we're talking about America and where we are. We're going to bring it up to today. And I'm going to show you some things here. In 1997, there was uh, the most spectacular display in the heavens uh, known as the Hale-Bopp Comet. As the 20th century was closing out and we were heading into the 21st century, the turn of the millennium, it was the most widely seen comet of the 20th century. It was called the Great Comet. And it was visible for 18 months, and it didn't go away until 1999. It was in the heavens for 18 months. The rabbis say that the last time that that comet uh, had appeared uh, was during the days of Noah, just prior to the flood. I don't know if you heard what I said, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's what the rabbi said. And remember, that comet was seen over 18 months over North America, over the United States of America. Even back in 1997, God sent that enormous sign in the sky. And the last time it was seen was during the days of Noah. It was a foreboding sign that was seen over America. Now remember, on a side note, it says that men's hearts will be failing them. That's what happened during that sign. If you remember, there was this thing as we got, you know, to 1999, there was that cult. Remember the name of that cult, the Heaven's Gate cult? Do you remember them? Sure do. They believed believed that that Hale-Bopp comet that that was actually a spaceship that was coming to take them, right? And this guy who used to be a a religious dude started this cult. And uh, the 20th century closed out with this mass suicide in America over there in San Diego. As a matter of fact, um, the Heaven's Gate cult committed a mass suicide. That was their statement to the world and to this country as we as we approach the year 2000. It was very, very telling if we had eyes to see then. Looking back on it, we can see men's hearts indeed failed them for what they saw coming. It was beginning, and it was over America. Now, on September 2001, the world changed. Now, remember, we're talking about America. On 9-11, for the first time in our generation since since Pearl Harbor in 1941, December the 7th, New York City, the United States mainland, in Pearl Harbor, it was Hawaii. In 9-11, it was the mainland United States as the whole world witnessed the, the destruction of the Twin Towers in Manhattan, the, the blowing up of the Pentagon, and, and the other plane that was headed to either Congress or the White House. It, it crashed in a field in Pennsylvania. But the 21st century <laughs> began, which was supposed to be a century of peace, began with war, and the whole world changed. And it started and was initiated on American soil. So the 20th century closes out with a with a comet visible for 18 months over the United States. Not seen, the rabbis tell us, since the days of Noah. God was speaking to our country already. Judgment's coming. 2001 begins with the two towers crashing to the ground. America's protective covering, her enemies came to to, to her shores and, and shook the nation. I remember Congress. I was in Boca Raton, Florida when that happened with my daughters and my wife. And I'll never forget because there's a there's a really heavy New York population there in Boca Raton. They always vacation in Boca in Florida. 
but many of them lost loved ones in those two towers. Over 3,000 people were killed that day. I'll never forget the feeling of what it felt like. And then the skies overhead, because they grounded every plane in the United States. It was it was a it was the loudest silence I've ever heard, and you could sense the fear. I'll never forget the entire Congress gathering on the steps of the Capitol, singing "God Bless America." Can you imagine them doing that today? No, they're not doing that today. <laughs> they're talking about they're talking about like Gavin Newsom today, the governor of California, issued a statewide decree for all churches. Anyone caught singing in a church service over the next several weeks is subject to penalty of law and a fine. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Incredible, right? Yes. That's what we're doing now. So 2001, we're talking about America. We're speaking of America and her protection was lifted. I want to fast forward uh, to April 2014 as we began to see signs over America. Over America now, we're not just talking about the world, we're talking about America. There was something called the blood moons. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, yes. yes. They they yes. call them the tetrads. It was the most unusual, dis right? Uh, most unusual display in the heavens, right? We had We had four successive blood moons. Full moons turned completely blood red over the United States of America. But what made them so unique was that they appeared precisely on the high holy feast days of the word of God. On April the 15th, 2014, the first blood moon appeared over the United States. It was, on, it was on the exact date that we celebrate Passover and unleavened bread. Later that year, October the 8th, 2014, another blood moon occurred on the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. A few months later, into 2015, on April the 4th, on the exact day of Passover and unleavened bread, another blood moon appeared over the United States. And then finally, on September 28th, 2015, it completed what they call the tetrad, or tetrad, four successive blood moons, all seen over the United States. September 28th, 2015 was the fourth, and it was also on the Feast of Tabernacles. What's interesting as it regards America there was a, also a series of four blood moons that appeared over the United States in 1493 and 1494, all on the high holy feast days before we were even a nation. These blood moons appeared, and it was that same year of 1493 that Columbus was dispatched by Isabella and Ferdinand to explore the new world, and a nation was about to be born. Consider this, brothers. There's been eight of these tetrads in the history of the world since the church. In the last 2,000 years, this has only happened eight times. And all of them fell on significant feast days over the last 2,000 years. The first time the four blood moons appeared in succession on those precise dates of Passover and Feast of Tabernacles occurred in the years 162 and 163. That just happened to be the year of the great persecution of the church. And both the Jewish nation, uh, the, the, the people of Israel that were left, and the new burgeoning church were persecuted by decree of Marcus Aurelius Antonius. It was also the same year that Polycarp was martyred, the last person surviving who knew the Apostle John, the last apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was martyred 
at the appearance of those four blood moons. The next three, because there's only been eight, the next three appeared first in 795 and 796 AD. That was at the height of Islam, and it spread throughout the Western world as it came and tried conquering. All of these fell on the feast days of Passover and Tabernacles. Then on 842 and 843, again, a succession of four blood moons. These appeared at the height and the rise of the Roman Catholic Church and its conflict with Islam. And then it appeared again in 860 and 861. And this was the great persecution of the Jews while they were persecuted and being chased by the, by the church that then was. So that's when we fast forward 690 years later to the year 1492 and 1493, which we just talked about. It appears that, that these moons were signaling uh, a move that would ultimately culminate with the establishment of the, of the United States of America as the new world would be discovered and those moons would appear in those time frames. Now, blood moons began to appear over America, and they appeared in three sets. And notice, when they began to reappear, it was in the 20th century, and they've all appeared in the last 100 years. And all of them directly over the United States of America. In 1949 and 1950, coming out of World War II, we had that same succession of four blood moons. Remember what Jesus said, there'll be signs in the sun the moon, and the stars. Those blood moons appeared on April the 13th, 1949, and October the 7th, 1949, directly over the United States of America. And they reappeared again on the 2nd of April, 1950, and the 26th of September, 1950, all on the feast days, Passover and Sukkot. The significant events that followed this were, one, Israel had just become a nation and established in her homeland after 2,000 years. But also the cornerstone of the new United Nations headquarter buildings was laid in New York City. And the seeds of our destruction began then, coming out of World War II, as we built this United Nations building. The next time it appeared was 1967 and 1968. April the 24th and October the 28th, Passover and Sukkot of 1967. And then in 1968, April the 13th, Passover, and October the 6th, another Tetrad. All fell on the feast days, like the ones before. There's only been eight in 2,000 years, and the last three fell within the 20th century, and then came into the 21st century, 2014 and 2015. The significant events that happened in 67, everybody knows who, who the Bible's doing, that Jerusalem was recaptured in 1967 and in 1968 which is very interesting concerning america that was the year that we passed at the supreme court the law that instituted the teaching of our children that they came from evolutionary uh processes that they evolved from monkeys not god 1968 and the, and the moon appears over America, and it's a significant event because America is beginning to remove God from her culture, even back then. America was bringing judgment to itself because also at that time the Vietnam War had, had, uh, had, was blazing. Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, J. 
JFK, all these events occurring around these times and, and their assassination. Vietnam War was at its height. There was unrest in our streets. I remember as a child, man, my, my dad, we used to go pick him up from college at Cal State Northridge down in L.A., and as a child, I, I could feel the evil of it. The, 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 there were thousands of these <laughs> weird-looking people, you know, the hippie movement, man, sitting on people's front lawns, smoking dope, acting crazy, taking LSD. But those very rebellious kids of the 60s became the, the hippie culture, which ended up becoming the professors that have filled our universities and now teaching our children that there is no God, that America is terrible, and that we need to tear down the American experiment and embrace socialism and Marxism, a, a godless society. And then finally, again, we, we, we've mentioned already the tetrad of the four blood moons that occurred in the years 2014 and 2015, like we already discussed. All these over the last 100 years and all visible over our country, the United States. Yeah. In 2015, when that moon appeared, that was the same year that the United States Supreme Court passed the, the law uh, redefining marriage in this country and embracing homosexual marriage. And the White House, if you remember, in 2015, the same year that the blood yes. moon appeared over the United States, painted or with lights. Uh, turned the, the White House into the rainbow flag of the LGBTQ community. You can be whatever you want to be, but I'm talking to Christians here. And the church stayed silent. There was no moral strength. It was way too late by then. And these moons were signaling over America. See, then something else happened. Now, I want to say something, too, because what the rabbis tell us about blood moons he says that the blood moon is a bad omen of judgment that's coming upon israel and, and and also that it represents god's judgment over over a covenant people and and that's what god was speaking to our country by these signs all along the way since the beginning of the 20th century this may be new thinking to you, but I'm, I just quoted scripture to you. Jesus told us to pay attention to these signs. The fact that they occurred on Passover and Feast of Tabernacles every time, the fact that there's only been eight of them in the last 2,000 years, and four of them happened in the last 100 years, and all four had to deal uh, precisely over the, 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 the territory of the United States, North America, you'd have to be blind not to recognize the sign. It's a bad omen of judgment. God was speaking all along that if you continue to persist, America, judgment is falling. All the way up to 2015, what have we seen since then? What followed the blood moons? If you guys remember in 2017, the solar eclipse that we had, remember? Yes. It came all the way from Washington and crossed a, a swath right down the middle of our country, all the way across the country a complete solar eclipse. I witnessed it. We drove all the way up to Idaho to see it. When it happened, it was the most extraordinary thing and an and intense thing that I'd ever seen. It was incredible. I mean, it was incredible. We were in Idaho, in Boise, Idaho. We drove up there to see it so we could actually see it. When it happened, you could feel, I don't even know how to describe what you can feel, but it felt ominous. It was a power and a display 
of something unique. And remember, it crossed the length of the country. There's coming another one in 2024, and it'll be the last time for 100 years. But this one is coming not across the country, but up underneath the country from the bottom to the top. And when you put the two together, path of the first one in 2017, and it's just interesting, right? Seven years later, 2024, the next one that will cut, cut across our country will complete across across the United States of America. Right. And and Brother Marty, you know, if people need a refresher, they can go to uh, it's an old podcast series we did. We entitled we titled uh, "What in the World Is Going On." So if you want to go listen to uh, more in depth uh, an in depth study on these signs, you can go there. Yes, yes, that's a good point, brother. Yeah, we did do that. I forgot about that. But yeah. I, I, I'm headed somewhere with this because of what's going to yes, happen tomorrow yes. night, right? And that's what I was. That's why we we're even bringing this all up and everything we've been talking about. You know, this is part two. This is our Fourth of July uh, pleading with our country, with our brothers and sisters who are going to listen to the share this podcast with them. They might think you're crazy. That's okay. We're we're just we're just trying to help, man. We're just pleading for what we see right. happening. And and, right. and and we're trying to we're trying to give you every angle we can <laughs> to say Brother, my God, wake up. Right? You know that <laughs> like, wake up. <laughs> Brother Marty, you know yeah. that solar eclipse, do you remember we mentioned it too, that it ended up in a city called Salem in Oregon. Which <laughs> that started out there. Yeah, it started it in started Oregon. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how much clear can can God speak to us? Right, Salem, eternal city. (laughs) Right, Jerusalem. That's where we get Jerusalem from, right? Salem or Shalom, right? Which is peace. It started there, and and so then that solar eclipse, 2017. But remember, brothers, later that year, after the solar eclipse, came the great sign of September where many scholars were putting forth that thought that, you know, because it did happen, that Revelation 12 quite possibly was fulfilled in the heaven, signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. Remember where where the, before the woman appeared over the United States, Virgo appears, the constellation Virgo, which is symbolic of the virgin uh, who would give birth to the, to the Holy Messiah child. Uh, That's Revelation 12. I saw a woman, right? With the, uh, with the moon under her feet and and the uh, with a crown of 12 stars right and 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 the, and the light of the sun right and and when you looked at that constellation in September which was which was going into the day of atonement right you remember and it would conclude with yeah. the feast of tabernacles yes up in the heavens what we saw was 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 a fulfillment quite possibly of revelation chapter 12 you can google it there's all kinds of opinions out there but but you cannot deny that it happened the the planets came and and the constellations uh the the side decan stars that surrounded the constellation virgo and the heaven the woman she literally had a crown of 12 stars around her and 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 the moon was indeed at her feet and the sun was passing and, through and her jupiter just... was 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 9 months uh around the virgo or the womb of virgo that's right uh, that's was... right which was quite interesting. King planet. 
Mm, right? Because yes. because it because it says that she gives birth to the man child, right? A king. Right. right. This is I know this is new to some of you listening right now, but Jupiter in, in, in ancient times was always viewed as the king planet, which I'm glad you brought that up because when we close here in about two minutes, that's what we're gonna talk about tomorrow night's sign over the United States of America, because Jupiter's involved again. But last last week, remember, uh, and we're talking about these signs that God's been showing the country and where we are and where we are right now, our current situation, all of that compiled together. It's been leading up to this. This, this didn't happen overnight. It wasn't just January. We've been, been being warned all along the way in all the ways that God speaks with his word, with the signs in the heavens, with the instability that we're witnessing now. Since the turn of the century, it's been less than 100 years, and we've seen these signs that we're talking about. Last week, if you remember, the Supreme Court, has America repented? Are we on that way to turning from our wicked ways? No, sir. Last week, the Supreme Court, which is supposed to be conservative, voted to allow, right? Instead of turning at this time, we found it more important to pass laws under the Civil Rights Act, allowing... Uh, you know, homosexuals or transgender people, uh, no matter what, not to be discriminated against, even if you're in a daycare, if you're in a church, or if you're in some other sort of place, you cannot discriminate. If if John shows up to work tomorrow dressed in high heels and a red dress at your, uh, at at, at your Boy Scout outfit, you can't, you can't say, hey, dude, go home and change, because you're discriminated. We've we've embraced We've embraced crazy stuff, man. And that was just last week. And then they followed that up by overturning the abortion law in Louisiana, which had yeah. limited access. Remember, this is done yeah. at the highest levels, again, under the su- Supreme Court that's supposed to be conservative. They embrace the right up to the ninth month now to, to go ahead and, and, and allow abortions. Uh, and, and this is what we found as priority in the middle of what we've been talking about, in the middle of what's going on in our country and all around the world. Us as a people, this is what we're saying to God. And then in the midst of all that, we talked about that last week, right? Vigano's letter to Trump. Brother, yeah. would you share really quickly before we close? What was that letter and why is it significant? Well, it, it, it came from a... Uh... Uh, a Catholic uh, bishop, archbishop, that, you know, <laughs> the man has been in hiding for over two years for for being a whistleblower uh, on the internal affairs, uh, sinful affairs of, of the, the Vatican. And, and this man exposes uh, the Vatican, and, and the same man writes to our president and, and is telling him basically in a letter, look, uh, the group of people, that I used to roll with, that I was a part of, they're no longer hiding their intentions. And he called it the deep church, right? But he also spoke about the deep state. But in yeah. particular, concerning what, what the Vatican's intentions are, uh, he's basically, he basically told uh, uh, the, the, the president, look, uh, you know, all these, the deep state, deep church, uh, these, these men and women who, who have for years and centuries have planned this, this, this global takeover, control 
are now coming to the forefront and they're no longer hiding their cards about what they're trying to do. Yeah. What they are trying to do is playing out in your streets, at, in, in your courts, in your places of politics, in the very church itself, in, yeah. in religion. They are showing their cards. They are showing exactly what they want to do. And what they are planning to do is to basically bring destruction to the nation. Incredible. That's profound. That's profound. This is this is from a man who, who 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 is writing to our president. He's been in hiding for two years because they've been looking for him. The yeah. Vatican has, and, and and he writes this letter and begins to talk about that there is a a a uh, a war taking place between light and darkness, and it's come here to America. That's frightening. And they're yes. no longer they're no longer, you know, doing these things circumspectly behind closed doors. No, their plan and agenda is out in the forefront. They yes. are telling you exactly what they're doing and what they intend to do. And, and, and he that, that was the essence of the letter. That was the essence yes. of the letter there. And and he referenced the Luciferian uh or, or satanic component that's flowing out of the church, right? Remember? He referenced right. the symbol of Baphomet, and he said this is a satanic plot against the children of the children of the devil. That this is actually being driven by Satan himself. That's what he. This, ta- is, a this, isn't some... this is a this is a Catholic yeah. man. You know, you you would expect the Church of Christ, the true right. Church, and true preachers to understand this, but it, it took a Catholic man to tell remember, the president, this... "Look, this is what's happening." This is what's happening to you in your country. And and, and, and remember, Cardinal Vigano was the third most powerful man in, in the Vatican behind right. behind the current pope and behind Benedict, who had just resigned, yes. and then Vigano. He was the third most powerful. He has access to over 2,000 years of history, of Roman Empire history. This is not yeah. some little... You know, some little guy, some little priest in some dusty little hamlet in, in Mexico somewhere. This is this is a very <laughs> right. serious human being here. He's the same one who exposed the 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 uh, the, the homosexual mafia uh, that has infiltrated the, the the college of cardinals that that elects the popes. He's talked about the corruption. Of, he exposed the the the, the cover up of the pedophilia running rampant right. through the priesthood. Remember. And he also yes. uncovered the, uh, the 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 connection of the mafia in Italy with the Vatican Bank, and this is the, mm-hmm. the fourth time he's spoken out. Now was to write this letter to the president and says they're coming for your country. That's what's going on. This is this is not just an argument between Black Lives Matter, uh, Matter or Antifa. He's saying this has its origin amongst the dark elite, both in the church and at the highest places of power in this world. He, that's what he wrote, and he's in hiding, like brother. Why? Fernando. Why? Why? Because of the sovereignty of this nation. It's yes. the only thing that stands from uh, between the agenda of this dark, you know, elite uh, people behind the scenes and, and their and their antichrist agenda. That's really what it is, whether right. they realize it or not. That's exactly and so, right. So he's basically saying it's here. The, yeah. Basically, the, the devil is going to be unleashed in your nation. Yes, that's that's 
very sobering. It is very sobering yeah. because because of who it comes from, right? I mean, this is incredible. And like you said, the preachers in this country, absolutely clueless. Absolutely clueless. No answers. Right. No messages. Nothing. Because they haven't walked with God. When we really need them the most, there's no word from God. There's a famine. There's mm-hmm. silence. Because they don't have it. I pray to God you don't go back to those churches, whoever's listening to us right now. Don't go back to those places. If you got to be up under a tree somewhere or just in your study or on your kitchen table with you and God, then that's what you got to do. Gather your children around. Sing a song or two. Read the Bible to them. Pray with your family. This is not going to be like it was. It's over. And the sooner you understand that, the better. And and we're not trying to be alarmist. We're simply telling you what we believe God is revealing. And we've laid out this case in these two podcasts today as we do this and conclude this 4th of July special (laughs) in warning our country. Can you see? We're at the halfway point. What do you see? We could go on and on, right? But if you don't see it, you don't see it. We just pray for you. But finally, tomorrow, once again, man, another eclipse is going to occur over America. And it's, it's it's just so it's just so outrageous. I mean, you can't write a Hollywood script like this, right? I mean, I hate to even mention that, but I mean, you you just can't write. No one would believe a movie like we just described to you over the last hour and a half. I mean, come on, the signs that whether they're natural signs, the rioting in the streets, the the the, the all the things we've been talking about, the plagues, the famine, the my goodness, man, the the we've tried every way we can, and then and then and now this is happening tomorrow night. On on Independence Day, we're going to have a lunar eclipse, and it's going to be visible over the United States on our Independence Day. And it's going to be it's going to be a moon that turns like a grayish color because it's it's an eclipse of the moon, not the sun. It's going to look more like sackcloth. That's what it's gonna. That's what I was reading. That's what they discussed. That's the word they used too. Was sack wow! 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 <laughs> that was from Earth wow. and Sky News, man. I read in Earth and Sky News, the, the scientific Incredible. journal. They said it's, it's gonna look like sackcloth. I was like, what? A, what? what? <laughs> wow! You, you, can't, you can't make this up, man. No, that's wow. why I was laughing. You know, it's like we. No one would believe it. It would be like some cheesy movie, right? Sure, one of those end of the world movies, right? But this is actually going to happen tomorrow night on our Independence Day, and it'll be it'll be blanketed. Or it'll have Jupiter on one side of it and Saturn on the other. And 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 you know what? When I I went back into rabbinic history and 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 studied moons and and eclipses and certain kinds of you know what they say about it. They say when the moon and they use the same word. That's why I was astounded. When the moon turns sackcloth, and that's what Earth and Sky called it. It turns a grayish sackcloth color. They said when the moon turns a sackcloth that it's signaling something. It's signaling that punishment is going to come swiftly and it will take the form of famine and plague. <laughs> so, so if you think this is going to go away tomorrow, it's not. It is quite possibly we're being signaled. What is also scary and frightening to me, and I know this is new to some of you, we're not preaching astrology. We're talking about the signs in the heavens biblically. What God has showed us and taught us 
as he does throughout his word. Even in the book of Job, he references the Pleiades. He references Orion. He references Arcturus. He talks about the Mazarot, which are the 12 constellations with which the planets fly through. Uh, he, he, he arranged Israel around the tabernacle according to the 12 constellations. He assigned a constellation to every tribe. This is not some weird teaching. You just don't ever hear it because, because the preachers don't know anything anymore. But anyway, yeah. what they say about it, Sat Jupiter is the king star. What's interesting to me is Saturn was always assigned as as the planet of Lucifer. And you know why they say that is because in the old days, they couldn't see beyond uh, Saturn. And so they considered it to be the farthest away planet from the sun, which made it the darkest planet, which is where in legends of old and traditions of old, they used to say that's the satanic planet, Saturn. And and the fact that we're having this sackcloth moon over the United States on Judge on on Independence Day, coupled with a king planet and the devil planet, bookending it, what is being said? Is is that wicked one on the stage? Is he announcing himself? Is it being told to our country? I don't know, man. It's just something to consider. And that'll be followed by Jupiter at its height on July the 14th, and Saturn at its height on Saturn uh, at its height on on July the 20th. Followed as we close out the month of July by two major meteor showers, all being seen, the stars falling from the heavens, if you will, all being seen over the United States this month. And finally, as we be, as we begin July, let's just take a look at and we're closing here. We've got Brazil and Argentina, the entirety of South America, experiencing a massive locust infestation equivalent to Africa and India. And I was reading an article this morning that says it's quite conceivable. It's making its way to the United States. It'll yeah. be here in a matter of six to eight weeks. We could literally have an invasion of locusts. Are you hearing what we're saying here? This is, you, I mean, this is insane. This is, is God speaking to the United States? Or is he, is he not? We leave that with you. But it's, it's making its way to the United States. It's currently ravaging Africa. You just don't hear about it because people don't really care about Africa. You know, they don't really care about it until it hits the West. You know, but it's coming. You you just Google uh, Brazil and Argentina, South America, locust invasion, and look at some of the film. They're not showing it to you on your American television news hour, but you go Google it because it's out there, and you look at what's going on right now in Brazil, Argentina. It's making its way up through South America, and they're saying it'll be here in the United States in four to eight weeks, quite possibly. Couple that with <laughs> the beginning of hurricane season. I, I I'm just going nuts, brothers. You gotta help me out here. This is crazy stuff, man. This is this is yeah. really what's going on out there, man. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to scare you, but church, wake up. America's church is by and large absolutely clueless. The preachers have no answers. The ministers are absolutely silent, and, and instead they double down. With their fake empty sermons and their 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 fake prosperity messages and their and their ridiculous overindulgent secular attitudes, on and on and on. 
They speak of some great revival coming. Are you serious? Are you that blind? No revival will happen until we have repentance, until we all take an honest assessment of ourselves individually. And we ask God, please, God, help us. Help us climb up out of this hole that we've dug for ourselves over a generation or two. It is worth fighting for our children. It's worth fighting for our children and their children. This once glorious and great nation blessed by God, we must ask him to help us and forgive us or we're on the brink of losing it, all of it. God help us all. But I know that this, I know that out there that that there are people that are hearing what we're saying. The discerning can see it. The Lord is speaking to our nation. He's speaking to the whole world. For those who are aware, or those of you who are are waking up, I just want to tell you: you don't need to fear. As the Lord goes on to say in verse twenty-eight, would you read that, Brother Jeremy? In verse twenty-eight, chapter twenty-one. Yeah, I, I, I lost the scripture, brother. Just meditating what you're saying. What's the scripture again? Luke 21, oh, verse, verse, verse 27 and 28. 27, 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption. Draw it nigh. Hallelujah. He spoke to them in a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. Amen. When they shoot forth, you see and you know that summer's at hand. And so likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is at hand. America stands on the edge of a knife tonight, on the eve of her Independence Day. We felt compelled to do these two podcasts today as the Holy Spirit moved us. We've done our best to obey his voice and not to discourage, but to bring light as he's revealing it in his word to you, our brothers and sisters, who we are honored that you would be listening to what we're talking about. We pray for you every day. We pray for your children. We pray for your grandchildren. We pray for your businesses, your loved ones, your churches, your families. And I speak that before God. It is the truth. We love you. And we don't need to be afraid. These are the things that our Lord said would happen. And we are seeing these things happen now. But remember, what is our faith? What is it that has been lost and relegated to some obscure filing cabinet in the bottom of a dusty church basement somewhere? That this world is not our home, right? There is a new heaven and a new earth and a glorious kingdom coming. And that's why the Lord, even though he gave that heavy-duty stuff, right, signs and the suns and the moons and the stars, he says, hey, you, my people, when you begin to see these things come to pass, he says, you lift up your heads. Don't you be afraid. 
I'm coming for you. Hallelujah. I'm coming for you. Yes. And, 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 and he is coming soon. So we may go through some rough rapids in these coming days and, and, and it might even start tomorrow night. I mean, this, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? I mean, I wouldn't put it past the devil to just start, you know, acting crazy tomorrow on the 4th of July. We'll see. I'm not saying that's the Lord. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, based on their behavior up till now, who knows? But none of it is meant to shake us, right? None of it is meant to scare us. It is meant to sober us, to be awake, and to run into the refuge and the fortress of our God, which is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We love you and pray that somehow, some way, we've been an encouragement to you. And above all, have given you the word of God as he's given it to us. We've obeyed his voice and we pray indeed that you have a blessed and reflective 4th of July as we head into the next six months of 2020. God bless you. We love you with all our hearts. We're in this together. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Brothers. You know, it's true. It, 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 It may seem like true Christianity, true biblical teaching is at a free fall. And, but I, I know that God has his servants scattered throughout the land that have not bowed their knee to Baal and won't do it. Uh, amen. Yes. I, the, the three Hebrew children told Nebuchadnezzar, listen, our Lord is able to save us. But if he's not, we still won't bow down to, to that image. <laughs> and I believe, <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> that, that, that's the kind of strength that we're praying for. And, yeah. that, and, 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 and that's what the devil fears, that kind of faith. Doesn't matter what he does, we're going to stand upon the word of God, and we're going to believe in his truth, in his judgments, in his statutes. That is what we are called to do, that is to obey his voice. Amen. Continue, yeah. continue to obey his voice, continue to be led by his spirit, and he will give you the grace to carry on. Um, and like we said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we do know that he's already revealed it to us by his spirit. Yeah. So praise God. Enjoy this 4th of July and, and continue to pray for us. Um, and, yes. and, and that the Lord will give us the grace, a door of, of, of utterance that it would yes. be open for us to continue to minister the word of God without fear or favor of man. Praise God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and keep. Looking up.